Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. All right, everybody, welcome to the Jesus People segment of our Antioch Indie Podcast. This is episode six. I have so far interviewed the Heinz. They were awesome, the Yoders, and now I have some of my best friends, the Frazies. The Frazies. Mark and Lindsay Frazy and... Um, Mark, why don't you tell us what you do at church? Mm. Gosh, <laughs> how to capture that. Um, so I'm honored to serve as one of our elders. Yes. Um, I get to be the elder over the family zone, which honestly is a, is a new thing to get to kind of navigate what that all means. Um, I get the benefit of having a family pastor. So, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> Sam Best uh, yeah, helps so, you. So yeah. with the uh, benefit of Sam Best, we get to kind of solve things together. So. Um, not everybody gets to be in that role of being in the elder role and having a direct pastor to work with. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a really good benefit. Mm -hmm. Sam's, Sam's been awesome and he's really visionary. Um, so to get the opportunity to pair up with him from a strategy standpoint and try and make sure that everybody's covered and why do we go to life group and all that stuff, try and solve the big, big puzzles for everybody. That's so great. Everybody loves Sam. I know, He's like so lovable. So great. And they love you too, Mark. Sure. Sure. Even hearing Sam. I get it. it. (laughs) And then, um, I love that you're a family pastor because you have a big family. Yeah. Why don't you tell us how many kids you have, Linz? Mm. Uh, we have four kids. Mm-hmm. So Simon is 10, Ben is 8, Claire is 6, and Olivia is 4. Yeah. yeah. Four kids. Four kids. The six of y'all. It's a good number. It is. It's so great. It's a completed good number. <laughs> y'all are a great family. <laughs> yeah. And we have known, I have known y'all, man, like five, six years maybe seven yeah no oh you're right yeah no totally because years just fly by yeah Mm -hmm. anyway okay so I've known you guys for a long time and the reason I wanted to bring y'all on is because I feel like your testimony that you're sitting on I don't feel like you've even realized the power of it Mm. so I wanted to kind of get into that today um because I feel like it involves family and especially for Mm -hmm. a lot of our church I mean we have I'm so thankful we have older people we have younger people we have kids Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of young families and I just think learning how to do family well is very hard Mm -hmm. and I feel like you guys are modeling it really well so I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for that and I feel like your testimony is going to just challenge people Mm -hmm. and encourage them and hopefully my my what we prayed even before this is just that people would feel set free yeah you know from so kind of wanted to start though when did you guys get to know the Lord when did you get married and Mm -hmm. what was that journey like for the first couple of years as you're married following God. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Um, so I was privileged to grow up in a house where I definitely knew the Lord. Um, I did not know him. You know, I knew of the Lord is probably the best way to say it. I mean, I tried to relate to him, but not in a, not in a way that was meaningful. You know, I did not really under, I knew there were a lot of rules to try and follow, but I didn't really understand, um, how to do that. And it was frustrating for a kid. And I just remember simply as in college where somebody just broke down the gospel really simply, Hmm. and said hey you know do you believe these things that I already I already knew that I believed them and, and they just simply said then then that's it that's the whole where you're going when you die thing yeah. the, and this the it, question is answered for yeah, you finally. yeah so that that just was so freeing like I, I mean there's there's nothing more freeing than where you're going to be for the rest of eternity right so, yeah um I just remember that phrase that peace that passes all understanding and just getting to kind of absorb that and, re- and really try and wow that is that is an incredible mm-hmm. an incredible thing to actually experience for the first time and you get to you get to be all crazy because you know you're 19 when you're figuring that out so, right so there's some chaos associated with that but that's you know that's that's how I got to know the Lord that's great you're 19 you're in college you did a lot of school after that 
I did. Why don't you tell people what you do? Because um, so I kind of dual roles um, as far as we're talking about work wise. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm a physician assistant. I work in the inpatient world at Community, um, which is awesome. Um, so half my job is inpatient night shift, yeah. um, which is sounds terrible, but it's it's really easy to start working nights. It's really hard to it's hard to switch off of nights. Yeah. Um, and then the other half of my job, I get to be in a leadership role with 40, 45 of my colleagues. So wow. um, physician assistants and nurse practitioners, physician assistants and nurse practitioners between uh, Community North, Community East, and then our hospital. So the days, evenings, night world. So um, it's a great team. I'm very blessed to, to mm -hmm. get to be in that spot and hope we get to stick with that for a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure you're doing great. So you get saved at 19, like officially, or you realized you were saved. Maybe we should I say think that. I that's the best. That's probably the how I've the worded okay. it. Yeah. Okay, so that was like your come to Jesus moment. Uh -huh. You finally got the religion mm -hmm. relationship dynamic. Yes. And then you have a lot of school ahead of you, and you meet Lindsay, hmm. and Lindsay was a baby. Um, mm -hmm. She was um, young but mature. Yeah. Um, don't want to put a n put a number on that, but <laughs> um, so yeah, we were in the college ministry um, at Southern Indiana, is where we uh, happened to get to interact with each other. I didn't um, know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a unfortunate, we're best friend from high school. Had a terrible accident. Mm -hmm. um, was paralyzed. Um, still an awesome guy. I still still get to hang out with that guy sometimes. But um, so at that point, I left school kind of was going back and forth trying to trying to figure out kind of the distance of <laughs> distance learning even though I was actually still attending the classes yeah. um, went back to hang out with a friend um, for dinner and got to sit next to this lovely lady at dinner and you know kind of at the end of that night we, we kind of looked at each other and was like that felt a lot like a date mm -hmm. I, I, no I way specifically <laughs> got your to friend's say like oh thanks I was trying <laughs> to have a dinner and you guys are like <laughs> sabotaging it yeah Lynn's how old were you I was 18 oh my gosh okay when I met him Yep. So I had just, it was my first semester of my freshman year in college. And did you, like, do you feel like you knew the Lord then? What's your story? Mm -hmm. like where so yeah, I met the Lord um, in, we called it Children's Church. Um, so I was probably seven or eight <coughs> and I asked the Lord in my heart and grew up in church um, and was part of a lot of the normal, traditional, like kid stuff. I went to Children's Church and I went to youth group and um would say high school was probably the most uh, transitional time of life for me. So mm -hmm. like while I was still going to church, I definitely wasn't walking with the Lord um, in the same capacity of yeah. like what I had been brought up in. So um, I went to college and I can honestly say that he was probably my first tangible answer to prayer. Wow. Um, I had dated a guy all through high school and um, we were actually still dating when I met him. <laughs> and... Um, but I remember having prayed probably a month or so before, and I was like, Lord, if you want me to end this relationship that I've had for this amount of time, you need to bring me an option that <laughs> would seem doable <laughs> a, for me. An appealing option. <laughs> an appealing option. Yeah. Because most of the Christian individuals that I had met um, weren't appealing to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you're going to have to like throw me a bone here and give me like an option. So when I met him, I was like, okay, like that's an option. That's I didn't a good know option. that like I would necessarily marry him the first time, but I felt like that dinner was definitely an answer yeah. a prayer to my heart. So, um, yeah. So you guys met and you only dated for how long? I feel like it was mm -hmm. very short. Uh, I think we dated six months yeah. were engaged for nine or vice versa. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you weren't even 21 when y'all got married. Uh, we got married a week before I turned 20. 
Whoa. I was 19. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She turned 20 in Hawaii. I did on our honeymoon. We got married May 10th and I turned 20 the 18th. So tell me, okay, so you guys get married, Mark, you're still in school, Mm -hmm. Lindsay, you're working. Yeah. You know, and, and how are you, what was like your relationship with the Lord like then? What were you Mm -hmm. cultivating in that season, those first years before you had your first kid? Yeah. That was probably, um, it was one of those that we had great intentions, I think, was probably the best way that I can describe. Like we, we both had the same goal and we both knew what we wanted our family to look like and like the dynamics of it. Um, but I can't say that either of us were wholeheartedly pursuing those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so we definitely both loved the Lord, like wanted him to be first in our life and Mm -hmm. like had all the right things we were saying, mm-hmm. um, but I, but our actions definitely weren't lining up with that. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were, you know, we were church attenders. Yeah. You know, we we showed up on Sunday. We served somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, Bible get cracked open every once in a while, um, right. but it it definitely was not. You know, again, that we would always have stated that the Lord was our first priority. We both would right. have one hundred percent stated that and agreed with that. But again, mm-hmm. the alignment between what we stated and and our actual you know, life and what we yeah. actually put our time into did not, did not line up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, that let us, we kind of stuck there for, for several years, yeah. you know, just to living in that place of the best I've put is just stagnation, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. it wasn't, there was no rebellion. There was no, Hey, we're going to not be involved in the Lord and we don't want think want, don't want anything to do with him. It was right. just, it was not a place of, it wasn't a place of flourishing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. We were we were in that kind of in that desert, but it was a self-imposed desert. It wasn't you know there was no circumstance that put us there. Um, we were honestly in a church that was awesome and that was spirit-based and um, was trying to pursue the Holy Spirit you know very well. And you know it was just it was just us. We we got stale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you guys started having kids like throughout that whole process. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I met you guys two kids in right. We I had one. You mm-hmm. had two. Yep. And I feel like as a friend, um, you guys have been such faithful friends to us, but that I saw like this dramatic shift in you like four or five years ago mm-hmm. where um, I just saw in some ways like you guys coming alive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, you being the family elder, is that how you say it? Do we have technical terms? I, I, <coughs> I think I think that's what we're saying. <laughs> I feel like I've read that. Yeah, but seeing you as that, I'm like, oh, man, that's so perfect because something you guys have always carried since I've known you is mm-hmm. like this high value for family. Mm-hmm. And you've your kids are precious and they love each other. Mm-hmm. And you guys just do family very well. Mm-hmm. And you did even before this like dramatic shift for with the Lord. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, can you take us kind of into that process? Like when the shift happened, mm-hmm. what started it? Start? Yeah, I'll, I'll give my best yeah. shot at it. Yeah. So, I think I think I was in fourth grade when I knew, man, yeah. the thing I, I want to do is I want to be a dad. Yeah. Like, I know, like what I, fourth grader says that. I just yeah. I, just, I remember like boy. that being the yeah. thing I I knew I always wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know when it came to kind of that stagnant season I'm referring to, you know my priorities as far as my children, they you know they they were definitely not they were they were treated like a top priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and I don't feel like even as we've kind of come through that stagnation point that we're going to talk about, um, that they've dropped any, I just feel like the Lord's kind of, kind of ascended, you know, to a higher mm-hmm. place in our life. But, um, yeah, I feel like what in that point of stagnation, I'm going to stop using that word. Um, 
I just realized that I had to do something different. I mm-hmm. had to step out of what was super comfortable and just go do something different. And I, we, we left the church that we'd loved, that we'd been at for many years, really with not a, not a destination. It was just kind of like, I was like, babe, I just feel like we got to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're going, and I don't know why, but I have to, something has to look different. Mm-hmm. Something has to shake up. We have to go find our ministry, our calling, mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be doing with our lives right now. Because although mm-hmm. this is awesome, this is not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not the it that we're looking for. Was there like a trigger? Did something happen, or was it just like a one day um, I woke up? There, you know, there were a couple triggers. Um, <coughs> probably. I had a friend commit suicide right around that time. Yes, I remember that. Um, you know, there was a th- another significant event. Um, I won't, we won't dive into, but definitely affected me deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not an event with me, but an, you know, an event um, with with others around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I also think I've, I had kind of a medication reaction to something kind of right mm-hmm. around that point to where I just I spent this. It was, it was a weird season because it was eight to ten days, but it's marked me. Yeah. Um, because I, I kind of experienced eight to ten days of life without hope. Yeah. And I don't I don't understand what that really feels. What yeah, that like really you don't you know, operate people, like, like that normally, yeah, right? Like yeah. People talk about um, I've not experienced a depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's as that's as much as I can say that I felt almost like a deep depression for eight to ten days. And I know people that suffer with depression. I'm not I'm not trying to equate these two things. Yeah. But you know, we, we breeze past, when we read Faith, Hope, and Love, we kind of breeze past the hope portion of that. Yeah, totally. Um, we really want to talk about faith, and we always like, you know, love is, you know, it's yeah. so easy to talk about, but but hope just kind of gets breezed past there. But to spend any amount of time without hope, without hope mm-hmm. it's just crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that that was that kind of the pivotal thing where I was like, while, while we're at this transition point, mm-hmm. we, got, we got to jump in um, to some new things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel like after you went? Yeah, um, I think it was an awareness that we came to of the American dream, like we had it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great marriage. We had great kids. We yeah, had a great like two home. Boys, two we girls. had two boys and two girls. Yeah. Like we, we are kind of your typical all-American family. And I think it was the graciousness of the Lord to to bring a holy discontentment in our hearts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of like, this is not this is not all there is in life. Yeah. Um, so I think that stirring came to the forefront of our, of our hearts mm-hmm. in that season. And what started to like shift, you mm-hmm. know, you, you talk about like, you're like in this stagnant place, you're yeah. going, you're, you're from the outside, you're doing mm-hmm. everything that right. would be by the book. Right. Like what, what were some big shifts for you? Um, we went to a different church. So we start, like he said, we transitioned, we started attending, but we went, um, with a mindset of service. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for us, we had sheltered our unit, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's good in a lot of respects, but I think for us, it had gotten to the place of um, seclusion, mm-hmm. almost like with, your family with unit. our family yeah. unit. It's like that was our main priority in life was mm-hmm. how are we going to do this and how are we stewarding this unit we've been given, yeah. and it became very inward focused, mm-hmm. um, and so I think we knew we wanted to shift that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was part of our shift. We went to this new church solely um, bent on serving and giving away um, what we had to offer. And so that's what we did. Um, we were there for about eight months and we just served mm-hmm. in any capacity that they needed. And our kids got to serve alongside of us. And so we just kind of shifted the method of the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. I love that, that you 
because it does seem like it makes sense like oh my kids are young they're mm-hmm. only young for a little bit of time right. yeah. i'm really gonna like pull back invest in them yeah and you almost lose it's like it's like well i can't i can't afford to be missional right because my kids you right. know for their sake right and and that holy discontentment with mm-hmm. the american dream i just feel like anything in life when you've been like searching after it and then it finally happens yeah it's terrifying how yeah. empty. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like it's like the end of a right. fast for me. I'm always yeah. like, oh crap, <laughs> this doesn't even feel good anymore. Right. You know? Right. Say crap mm-hmm. on a podcast. Anyway, but just like <laughs> so. feeling the emptiness of mm-hmm. life without Jesus, and even like the emptiness of that American dream. Right. Like when you live missionally. When it was even the realization that like I'm actually not doing what I intend to do. Like mm-hmm. what I want for my kids, I'm not modeling for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So it was like. I say almost like talking about like when we were walking with the Lord. It's like we said we wanted these things, but we weren't acting in a way that was bringing about that fruit. And so it was that awareness for me of like, hey, you want your kids to have community. You want your kids to go on mission trips. You want your kids to have this exciting life with me. And you're sheltering them in your home. You're like not doing that. You're not doing that. You know, I mean, like you're loving them well. But it was just like a, a sweet conviction Mm -hmm. of our hearts of like okay like we want our kids to do these things how are they going to know to do them Mm -hmm. and what was it like so you do eight months of service Mm -hmm. and then you come to Antioch Mm -hmm. and everything like there is a cost involved right yeah and any anytime we're like yeah I'm going to step out with the Lord it's Mm -hmm. not like and then he's just going to add everything in my life it's like there is it does cost you something to live missionally can you take us a little bit into that transition like you basically go from not having D groups and life groups yeah. and all that mm-hmm. to suddenly saying a lot of yeses right. and having to rebalance your mm-hmm. family, you know? Yeah. Um, I think on that, the idea of stepping in to service um, to me is, is similar to like that, that beginning of the worship song when it's like, I'm not really feeling the spirit <laughs> quite just yet. I hate that. I wish y'all would just get into it when <laughs> As the worship right, leader, the worship super pastor. annoying. Uh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I. But I think that just choosing to lift your hands, anyways, yeah. you know, and just choosing to step into that act mm-hmm. of service, anyways, um, it like your spirit follows. Like, right. like you can lead your body, can lead your spirit into worship, and I think acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, we didn't do anything amazing, right? We right. just stepped in and kind of did the thing that was in front of us, and hey, will you try and lead this thing? Like, uh, let's look at each other and trying to figure out how to lead this thing you know there wasn't it wasn't that we all of a sudden had some amazing impartation of knowledge and a word to pass on it was just do the do the thing that's in front of us um and because we're getting to know the lord so well to get to have the chance to give that away Mm -hmm. um and i feel like he's he's honored that and just like he honors you know i i do start to feel my spirit move in worship Mm -hmm. because my hands are up and because because i've leaned into that direction um, I feel like he honors those acts of service and shows yeah. you more and more of himself. And, you know, that's how he reveals himself to us when we jump to that living on mission, even though we don't necessarily know how to do it quite yeah. yet. Yeah, because it sounds so glorious, like living on mission. Right. But it's just really a bunch of very practical. Very practical. Yeah, I'll carry this. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do this. And it just sounds like faithfulness lived out, which is mm-hmm. less, it's not as glamorous, yeah. you know, as yeah. as I like to think of it. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just be full of passion 100% of the time. And Right. No, I, it's been a lot of dying to self Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I think the biggest thing, um, that I've wrestled with is just learning to love people really well. Mm -hmm. Like navigating interpersonal relationships is so real. You know what I mean? That's real life, but it's also been 
I've reaped the rewards of those interpersonal relationships. Like it hasn't been all hard, yeah. but there's definitely elements of it that it's like, okay, you have to learn how to love. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times that looks like sacrifice mm-hmm. given into Jesus. Right. Right. Yes. So that's, that's what I'm learning. You feel like as a family, as you've said yes to things, like what has been the outworking in your kids' lives? My kids love it. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, my kids look forward to life group so much. Um, they're like, are we going to life group tonight? And I'm like, yep. Sure yeah. are. Because <laughs> you're like, no one looks forward to life right. group. I mean, like, I'm always so thankful I go. But yeah, I mean, my kids are the ones like, hey, is it life group this week? Or like, I can't wait to go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so my kids love it. And things that I thought would be detrimental to our family have actually enhanced it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I feel like you guys have said a lot of yeses. Mm -hmm. um, And just being like your friend in the past season, I've also seen you guys in the past couple of months. Maybe you started Mm -hmm. talking about this issue of Sabbath, which we've talked about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you've said a lot of yeses. The wheels start spinning. Mm -hmm. And like no one has an no one has like the formula for like you go this mile per hour. Right. And then you pause. Right. Like no one tells you. Right. So I feel like you guys like leaning into the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You've been sensing this need for like a Sabbath. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah. um, I'm going to let Lindsay do most of the talking on that. But just from a from what the experience was like to start to hear somebody look at you and say, hey, I feel like I feel like we need to Sabbath. I'll let her talk about what led her to that point. But yeah. I, I remember when she said, hey, I think we need to start looking at how to Sabbath here. I'm like, babe, it's 2019. Like people it's, don't Sabbath anymore. It, like it's the United States. Yeah. I've, I've got eight <laughs> days worth of stuff. I already am trying to yeah. cram into seven. Right. And you're going to try and tell me how to try and cram it into six. So, it, I mean, it is a really challenging mm-hmm. concept even even just to get your brain around. But mm-hmm. I'll let you dive into what, what led us to that point. But Yeah, I think for me um, – I was reading in the Old Testament and just the command behind it mm-hmm. um, just struck me. And and what happens when you don't? Right. Like the death that you spiritually die, mm-hmm. like not Sabbathing. And so I just felt the Lord being like, this is a key to unlock some yeah. feelings of being overwhelmed in your life. Yeah. Like you're not actually that overwhelmed. It's just you're not allowing me into that place of overwhelmment. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmedness? No, I get yeah, what you're you saying. Know yeah, what like when you feel overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think I was like, okay, like this is a tool. Like it's, we talk about tools a lot, right? Like we want to give people ways to actually practically live this out. And I felt like that was Lord saying, Hey, I'm giving you this tool of the Sabbath. Like it's always been there. But like you need to start incorporating yeah, but he it. He was highlighting it. He was you. highlighting it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I told Mark and he was like, great ish you know like that's awesome things i was right right, but But you could maybe see it on his yeah it's like how do we do that and so i just started asking lord i'm like how do we sabbath as a family like what does that look like because i have kids you know like i said 10 to 4 and most people associate a sabbath with like prayer and meditation Uh and like you just lay and you just rest and like receive from the lord and um i felt like it was more of an invitation of retreat from work so, like, that's sort of the parameters that we use for our Sabbath as a family is we are not working. That's good. And so you can fill that in however you want to and what that looks like for you because I think we have seasons, and seasons are real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to be realistic in our season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, that's the parameter that we use a lot is is this work. That's so good. Um, we incorporate a time of prayer with our kids. Like, we have worship time. We pray for each other. We pray for our kids. And we have a time of rest. So all those elements are present. Um, 
but we're just we're practicing we're not good right. at it you know yeah, I mean like practice. I had a fail right. last week yeah. but we're gonna keep doing it yeah and I do feel like it's interesting how culture even um totally secular culture has begun there's like a whole I feel like a movement mm-hmm. of soul rest soul care mm-hmm. self-care mm-hmm. and I just think sometimes religious people can be so like oh that we don't want to self-care like right. we're dying to self right. but at the same time there is these like wise principles and god worked it into the 10 commandments to sabbath yeah. so that our soul can have rest right and like that anyway i just think it's interesting sometimes what god's doing in the church is mirrored in the secular world and mm-hmm. it's not even wrong i'm right. just saying like with the lord everything is a hundred percent better yes. so if you self-care with the lord yeah and you self-care his way, right? you know, <laughs> right. you're going to get the full effect. Well, and the reality, too, is you have to prepare for a Sabbath. So that's what I'm learning. So yeah, like there's preparation that goes into it. And what I've learned is it's made me more intentional with my time mm-hmm. because I have I have things that I have to get done, and that's real. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to honor this Sabbath and I'm not going to work, then those things have to get accomplished. And I'm finding, I'm like, I actually had time to do it. Yeah. I was just not being intentional, intentional with, with my time mm-hmm. because I wasn't, there was no need to be. Right. It's like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. No big deal. You yeah. know, it's like, you're just wasting life almost. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I'm going to be intentional. And so I'm getting a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're having to do it on Because I'm days. having to do it on other days. Yeah. I would just say it sort of brings us back even full circle to the, you know, our intention, mm-hmm. sort of the, the, the idol that we had at the beginning was yeah. our family, was our yeah, children. For sure. Um, and because it was an idol, it wasn't being done right. It wasn't mm-hmm. being done well. Um, what we've, what we've been able to reap from, from doing this, from taking the time to, to Sabbath is that actually does make us do the things we thought mm-hmm. we, we, we intended to do in the right, first place. Right. Those things are actually happening now. Like our, our children, like are spending time with the Lord. They are spending time with us in worship. They right. are spending time with us, you know, prophesying words over them, you know, and it's, you know, they're, they're going to react and we have one kid cry and one kid laugh and, you know, but mm-hmm. that's, that's so the, great. that's the joy of it is that, you know, like you just talked about, take, take the principle that maybe the world is adopting for itself a little bit, apply the Lord back to it. And, and you give so much more back to it. And we, we're reaping so much more of what we meant to reap in the first place. Right. Um, because it's just it's just being done so much more efficiently and so much more according to the principles that that the Lord establishes for us. So it's super exciting to get to do it His way. It's so good. I, I love that you use the language of idol because I mean I feel like that's so scandalous to say like my kids mm-hmm. are an idol because mm-hmm. it's like my kids. I love mm-hmm. my kids. Right. But anything like what did you say? That was really wise. Whatever you just said, Mark, was really mm-hmm. good. Just you said like <laughs> you said the idol. Um, like you always end up doing it wrong when, yeah. mm-hmm. when it's an idol. Right. And that the Lord, he like purifies our love. Like, right. and, and I feel like because you guys have this family, I don't know if it's a gifting or a thing. Like, I just feel like you're going to like this, the stuff that you guys do as a family is going to affect other families mm. and you guys yes. are ground ba- breakers. And so it's exciting for me. I'm like, oh yeah, keep experimenting in Sabbath so that <laughs> you can write a curriculum in a few years and then our whole But church. I think that's what I'm learning is it's <clears throat> not a curriculum. Right. I know. Do I you always know want I mean? the rule book. Because it's going to look so different. Yeah. And I think that's how it doesn't become religious. That's so true. And how it doesn't become like it loses its purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to do that because it's just a like a duty almost. And it's like, no, like it's life giving mm-hmm. if you do it with the Lord and it's he'll give you ways yeah. to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll it will look different for you than it'll look for me mm-hmm. because 
you find different things restful than I do. Yeah. You know, you find different things life-giving or like in general, families do different things together. And it's like, it's not about an A, B equals C. It's just about, are you setting apart time for the Lord? Mm. Yeah. Is this like a practice you're doing? Is this a practice you're doing as a family? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like for people who are listening who have never even thought of the concept of Sabbath yeah. until they've <laughs> listened to this right. podcast. I just want to say this is this feels very recent for me even yeah. mm. in hearing people talk about it. And I don't know why that one commandment just seemed overlooked, disposable maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. all the rest of them are pretty good. But, right. but I think it goes along with like, um, so there was a verse that before y'all came, I just felt like the Lord reminded me of, and it's in Matthew 16. It says, mm. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Yeah. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Mm-hmm. And I feel like your whole story is basically that. Mm-hmm. Like you, in a good way, were pursuing the things that an American dream, like the family, the right. love, the life, and yet without without submitting it to the Lord, it just is like ashes and emptiness, yeah. right? And right. you experience like this moment of depression, which mm-hmm. is like a gift mm-hmm. right. that woke you up. But in the same way, Sabbath is us choosing to give something of our time mm-hmm. to the Lord. Like right. not instead of being like, I get all seven days <laughs> for myself. Right. It's like, oh, wait, I'll give you some of this time. Mm-hmm. And I know you'll repay, which is so good. Yeah. It's still not easy. I mean, it's still a choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's still things that we're like, we have to protect it. Mm-hmm. And figuring out how to do that is a real thing, mm-hmm. you know, so not even being religious in that and being like, oh, if I need to move it a day this week, is that okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it is, you know, like, but just wrestling through some of those questions of like, how do you do life? Because back to what you talked about earlier, it's like you go at this pace and you're like, oh, I have to stop. And I think it's not stopping. Mm -hmm. Like it's not figuring out, hey, how do I do life? And then all of a sudden not do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's how do I figure out how to do life with the Lord? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like giving your life to him. Yeah. First. Yeah. yeah. I think so. it's really powerful. Yeah. Really great guys. It was so fun to have you guys on. Thanks. Thanks. This yeah. is fun. It was great. Um, Mark, why don't you pray for everybody who's listening just for like people, especially who have families or are dreaming of having families one day that, um, mm. you know, that they would live missional yeah. family life that the mm. Lord, like he wants to teach us that. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then how, yeah, just whatever, whatever the Lord puts on your heart to pray. Let's pray All that right. and uh, Lord, I just, I thank you for the families in this church. I thank mm-hmm. you for every individual that's going to get the chance to, to listen to, to this podcast. Um, Lord, I just know that you love them so much mm-hmm. and you've gone before them and you see, you see the plans that you have for them and they are perfect. Lord, so I just, I just ask that you would take that, that temptation that is so easy for us to hold, hold so tightly to the things that we love, um, you know, our families and our, our children and, um, let us let us even bring those to your altar, Lord. Yeah. Show us how to lay even those things down at your altar, um, because you're such a good father, Lord. You're you're gonna give them back to us. You're gonna you're gonna return those things to us. You're gonna be you're gonna deliver on your promises, Lord. I just ask that um, we would bring ourselves into alignment with you. That that when things that when our priority list comes, when it falls out of whack, Lord, that you would line it back up. Mm-hmm. That it would would be that we process things through a grid of. It's, it's got to be Jesus first. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Jesus first, Lord. I know that the, the way we, I've gotten so much closer to my family over the last few years, as we've just talked about, is because we're all just getting closer to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, just draw every person that is listening to this, everybody that's going to get the chance to, to think about you in this way, just draw us closer to you. If Sabbath is the next step for people, then, then show them that. 
Um, if serving in church is the next step for people, then show them la- that, Lord. But just show, show each of us the next step that you have for us um, to bring us closer to you, Lord, because ultimately that's how we can get closer to people around us as well, and, mm-hmm. and that's how we can love them well. So I just ask for more of you in my life, more of you in, the, in my family. Thank you so much for this time just to hang out with you and talk about how awesome you are. It's just such a, such a privilege to get to sit down and talk about your best friend with people who um, you're, you're their best friend as well. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week with a podcast with Pastor Andrew. We're going to talk about culture. Culture. So you're going to want to hear that one. It's going to be good. Thanks so much for listening with us today. If you would like any further information or resources, you can visit AntiochIndy.com or find us on Instagram at AntiochIndy.